Hey Warrior Within, um, today I'm actually going to be recording from my car. I mean, I was really busy yesterday and also didn't feel very good in the afternoon that I didn't want to record. But today I'm feeling pretty good and I just wanted to, one, give, I'm gonna give you an update a little bit on the Montrose trip we had last weekend, but two, to kind of talk about a little bit of affirmation. I think one of the hardest things about affirmation for me was always that people always doubt that God doesn't speak to us anymore. There's a lot of people who believe that only God speaks only through scripture, but doesn't talk to us. Now, I've learned a little bit more on this, and I wouldn't use the word necessarily anymore of God speaking as much as I would use the word impress onto me. I think one of the main issues is because of what we've been talking about in the past a little bit about progressive Christianity and also that there's new age ideology that's getting pushed into the church so like you hear someone talking a lot about like oneness with God or oneness with you know uh, with each other one like and it's not about unity because unity is not oneness and we can never necessarily be one with God because that would make us equal to God now, we could be in communion with God, and we can speak to God, and we can praise God, but the idea of oneness is a, is a new age thing, so be very careful um, about churches that do that, and I could tell you this, two churches right off the bat that you need to really reconsider is Bethel and Hillsong, and I know some of you guys are like, what? No way. Well, the problem is, guys, you got to understand, their teachings and their pastors are teaching not biblical stuff. Hillsong's pastor was one of the pastors who even denied the idea that God was teaching or Jesus was teaching moral thinking. So us confronting this world about moral issues was supposedly not something that Jesus did. That's a lie, because he did confront morality. And then at Bethel Church, their design and their whole focus is oneness with God in a very new agey way. So you guys need to be really careful. So the idea behind God speaking is he does speak through his word. I believe he speaks through his Holy Spirit. I believe he speaks through people. And he does impress in our hearts through the Holy Spirit to say something, to do something, or to think something. Because in Scripture, it does plainly explain to us that the Holy Spirit was sent to us as a comforter, but also as a, uh, a tool of discernment. This is why, to me, with affirmation, prayer is vital. Throughout all this time that I have spent in, on this earth, Prayer is the one area that I believe Christians are lacking in understanding and lacking in putting themselves purposely in a time of prayer. A lot of times, you know, you'll hear people, oh, I prayed before dinner, I prayed for, you know, going to sleep, but that's just, that's not enough for prayer. And if you want to hear from God, if you want to 
have them use somebody to come and tell you something or, or to share or to even see the thing is sometimes someone comes up to you to share something and they have no clue that you are struggling in it but because God knew you were struggling that they he kind of guided that person to talk to you about it that gives you insight gives you discernment gives you understanding so there is like verses that we could use and we could pick pinpoint everything you want but the one that came to my mind today is in mark 11 and it's about the lesson of the withered fig it says as they passed by in the morning they saw the fig tree withered away into its roots peter remembered and said to him rabbi look the fig tree that you cursed has withered because prior before he he came in there the tree had no fruit and so god jesus cursed it so just to clarify and Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken down and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. <coughs> And when, whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. So, something that stood out to me was more in verse 24. It says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you, sh- you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, I want to clarify, this is not talking about if you want whatever you want, that Jesus is going to give you whatever you want, or that God's going to give you whatever you want, okay? You need to, there, there's clarity, and we've talked about it in the past. Um, you got, like, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 37, where it talks about, he gives you the desires of your heart, but there's all these little pieces, and I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago. You know, there's commit, trust, and there's delighting. But the number one thing that I always go to is that Jesus always taught to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Now, that law, the two commandments that he gave, that law basically is the combination of the laws that were in the Ten Commandments. Because remember, the first three were about God, and then the rest were about how we treat each other. So that's why the second commandment, greatest commandment, is love your neighbor as yourself because it takes on the law of the last part of the Ten Commandments. So the idea is that when you're asking of God, you're asking based on the fact that you are obeying his word, that you're trusting in him, you're having faith, and you believe that he will provide. So the question always comes back is like, well, I prayed that my mom would not die from cancer, but she did. So did God not answer my prayer? Well, the thing is, you got to understand that when you're praying and asking of God, God is choosing what is best for you, for your mom, and for his will. And sometimes, death is the answer. It's sad. It's harsh. Because you want her to be here on this earth. But if she knows Christ, would she be better suffering here or being with God? And I don't mean to look at it that way, but that's the essence of understanding what it means when you're seeking out God's desire or seeking out God to answer prayer, is that 
most of the time he's not going to answer it in the way that you want. You know, I, I lost my dog who was like my child in a lot of ways. And when he died, my heart broke because he died from cancer and it was very hard to watch. Plus, my wife was struggling at the time and it just felt like the whole world was just collapsing around me and no one could pull me out except for God. That faith that I had during that time every day, praying that God would just heal Strider, that God would just help my wife you know, through her issues, he answered them in two different directions. He took Strider home and a year later he helped my wife through what she was what she was battling in an amazing way. It wasn't the way I wanted. It wasn't the way that I hoped for. But through affirmation. Now this is where the, the cool part is. I had someone prophesy over me and it was very interesting, but one of the things he had mentioned was a year from now, you will get a huge blessing that will just be amazing. And guess what? It was my wife's going through her situation and just almost like being awakened. It was amazing. And that was answered. The other one that he made mention was that now this is back when I was in Connecticut, that Everything that I was involved in and touched would be impacted by me and I'll start a fire, not only in Hartford, but into Connecticut and into New England. Now, personally, I'm not sure about this one at all because I'm not there for one. <laughs> and I'm not sure what kind of fire is going to come, but it, the only thing I can think of is just the people that really connected with me and I impacted is a possibility but I haven't seen the answer to that one quite yet um, I, I've seen pieces of people that I've impacted I guess you could say when they're still talking to me how much they have changed which that is like fire because now they're, they're, their walk has changed their fire is burning differently than what it was when I was first there and some of them was like fizzled so it was very interesting how God used me there. Plus another lady that was at that church before she retired, her impact as well was huge impact on many of the people that we were, that were there that we knew that we met in Hartford. So God is doing something there in that area. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be a part of it anymore. I think it's basically the lighted fire was continued and that's great. And then there was something else he mentioned where he was talking about me that I need to be basically kind of free in my worship because I was, I guess I was being a little uptight, but he said, just open up, open up to God. God wants you to just praise his name, open up, just open up. And he made mention, it was kind of interesting that I was a part of something and helping people in the area. And I said, no, I wasn't doing that. And this is what's interesting the one thing about prophets, prophet speaking, which I like, if people are going to profit, you got them. If they are not biblically sound, if they're not speaking biblically as well, and two, if it doesn't come to pass, they're a false prophet. So that's why it's very, 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 very cautious of you. If you're, if you're 
you know, listening to prophets, be very careful because that's how false teachers, that's how cults are created, and you need to be very careful. It doesn't mean that every person who considers as a prophet is wrong, and I understand this. They have criteria in scripture of what is required of a prophet, and it's not the prophet like in the Old Testament. It's someone who's going to have visions and, and, and thoughts that are going to come to pass, and that is in the New Testament. Um... If you really want to study it, really do and understand it because it could be very dangerous. Um, but something he did make mention to me was that I was going to be involved in the, like in the in the city and stuff like that. But he thought it was in Hartford. Now, what's intriguing to me about this is our trip to Montrose, our choice to go to Montrose. <clears throat> and the direction that the, that God's been placing in my heart for the church has been a church that goes and out and helps people. Now, the guy that prophesied thought it was like, um, I forget what it's called, but the, the, the company or nonprofit that goes and builds homes and stuff, he was thinking it was that, but now looking back on that, I think he was talking about the future of our church. Which is interesting and it makes me wonder if the prophesying that he had for Hartford area was not necessarily for Hartford but for what we're going to be doing here in Colorado now I don't know 100% because I can't 100% remember the conversation but it is quite fascinating so the idea of affirmation is if you're praying for something and people affirm something that you like they they sense that God wants you to know something because like one example was in 2017 during the week I basically spent every time when I was alone I would like read some scripture but then I would write down questions to God and then I would just sit there in silence and I would just sit there and ask him to to communicate to me and I remember him saying, I can't remember the day, but it was during the middle of the week, and I remember him saying, you will become, he impressed on me, you will become a pastor someday. And so I said, soon? And he just said, someday. That's all that kept going in my head. So I was like, okay. So then, let's see, that was back in like June? And all we go fast forward all the way to December, and I did had got a chance to do a sermon at church. And I had one of the ladies of the church come up to me and said, the Lord wants me to tell you that you're going to be a pastor someday. And I said, oh, yeah, he, he made mention that in, in this last summer. And she was just like, oh, so you know. And I said, yeah, like you affirmed it. So that's the idea of affirmation is sometimes God will respond to you through people. Sometimes God will use people to help you because during that time when that guy came to me, I was having such a hard time. Like, my heart was just so broken and frustrated and just confused about things that was going on, and I didn't know what to do. And some things that he was also making mention to me personally is that God here, he, one of the beginning, he said, God hears you, and he's going to bless you for the small things that you have done by honoring him and obeying him. And my heart just, I had to go to my office and I cried. Because it was something that I had been praying about, praying about, praying about. And that guy 
but through God, and it spoke to me. That was probably one of the first times where I've actually said, I've never heard someone necessarily prophesy over me before, but that was really cool. And the fact that even Paul has to remind Timothy, um, in, I think it's 1 Timothy 1, near the bottom, he even reminds Timothy, hey, don't forget what you were prophesied to do. And because sometimes I think what we feel God's telling us or impressing on us to do, and it doesn't seem like it's happening, like we want to be in ministry, but something bad happened with our experience, and it, it's like we want to be back in it, but we're uncomfortable or scared or frustrated or angry or hurt, and we don't see ourselves getting back into it, but God will provide and help you get back on your feet at the right time when you're healed and when you're ready because he, he can't use you if you're angry and, and allowing that hate and hurt to be fill you because you running around with sin is not going to help you in your ministry and if you're not in quote unquote full-time ministry it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you to minister because remember we're the body of Christ we all have different parts different purposes so you need to be ready and understanding that there is a specific time for what God has for you. So that's kind of my, my simple thought on affirmation. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll talk about Montrose. See you in a moment. Hey guys, welcome back, and now I'm going to actually share a little bit more about what happened in Montrose. Now, we talked a little bit about affirmation um, just a little moments ago, and so my wife and I, we went out there, it was between Thursday and Sunday, and the trip out there was very mounting, like mountain driving for most some parts of it. And then it kind of went down to a valley for a bit, and it was pretty nice. And on the way back, we went a different direction, and it was a little bit more intense because we got to points where we were going around the mountain <laughs> where there was no side rails. And literally, like, three and a half feet away from my right side of my car is a drop, you know. So it was kind of creepy and a little bit intense for me, but actually it was beautiful. There was a lot of cool stuff we got to see that way as well. Anyway, so we get to Montrose, and first impressions are people are really nice. Uh, we They're really friendly. They enjoy talking to you, even if they didn't even know you. Like, it, it, was, it was like at the coffee shop, I would say hi to someone. How are you doing? They'd be like, oh, I'm great. How are you? And, and then I'd be like, oh, you know, tell me something that you like about Montrose. And they would share their thought in the moment. And then it was just like that here and there. I would just ask somebody, what's the number one thing you like about Montrose? And they'd give me the responses. So overall, what I got was, one, it doesn't snow a lot out there, which they love because it means less shoveling. Two, um, literally everything that you could do outside is like 20 to 30 minutes away from you. So kayaking, rafting, hiking, National Park was literally a 10-minute drive east of the town, and you can get into it. And there was, so the people do like our stuff out there, people do enjoy archery out there, so I'm kind of excited about that because 
one of my goals is to get myself a bow. And uh, one of the ladies at the coffee shop told me to try out this one place. I'm hoping I can remember the name at some point if I see it because they actually do custom bows. So I was thinking about doing something like that. As well as that, they have what they call is swimming lakes. So lakes that you can actually go swimming in. There's like several of them all around them. And literally, you're like in a perfect spot in Montrose because you can go in any direction to find different things you want to do. So I was like, huh, cool. The other thing was basically what I've said before, that there's everything you need is in town. So when we were driving around and walking around the hospitals in the middle of town, the police department is basically kind of in the middle of town. There's fire departments and here and there throughout the, the town. Uh, the south end is where a lot of things were newer. So a lot of newer homes. The storefronts were newer. So it was more modernized when you went down south. And then even a bit on the west side, like if you were to cross over the highway and kind of go in that direction, there's quite a few spots that way that there's kind of building new homes or uh, farmers still have their farmland or people have like you know a couple acres three acres four acres or whatever and they have that over on that side as well as in the north end like past Montrose a little bit same concept and then a little bit more in the east more like southeast and south is where you can find a little bit more of that kind of environment but there's new homes people are moving in even one guy told me he believes it's about 40% growth in three years. So to me, what I'm seeing is that something's going to happen there. Something's going to just kind of blow. Like it's just going to, people are going to start moving there. I could see it in about five years being around 50,000 people. Right now it's a little bit under 20, but I can see it pop into there in about five to six, seven years, maybe in 10 years. It can get hit, hit 50,000 pretty quick. So that tells me that when when I was thinking about this town and God was just kind of pushing it on me that it's probably because of the growth coming, which means there's new people coming, which means my, my way of doing church is, or I should say God's way of doing church through me is going to be needed and unique enough where people could actually want to do that. So I mean, it's not going to be terribly unique, but the idea is I do want to be able to serve and do things for people and reach out. And, and I want to have the money and capability to do that. So that's, oh, it's one of the things why, you know, my wife and I, you know, having this foundation, we want to use our money to help people as well. And we're excited about that because this is going to be the first time because my wife was brought up in a very poor family. And my family, you know, had decent money, but it wasn't my money. It was my parents' money. So personally for me I've been very poor <laughs> I just had parents that took care of me and helped me out as I even as an adult but I still most of my jobs that I have had in the past 20 years now um, have been you know, really low income very not very much money so I've never really gotten a chance to truly help people like I might help people with like buying a lunch or providing food or give them a ride or something like that but to really invest some of my money into basically helping people so like one of the things you know I saw out there we were walking by a guy had a mailbox but the pole looks was in pretty bad shape so he put a metal pole to hold his mailbox up and I thought man it'd be really cool you know asking the gentleman hey do you mind if 
I come out here and replace your pole for you and see what he would say. And, you know, if you say, oh, sure, if you want, you know, how much, do I, and I'd be like, you don't want anything. This, you know, my, I'm a pastor of a new church and this is one of our plans is to find opportunities to help people when we see something that we could help them with. And, and then just use that as an example to reach out and impact people. Even if they don't become part of the church, even if they don't, they're never, like, I never see them again, which is probably not going to be possible in that town. Um, but that was just one thing. The other thing was the politeness. Not only was it just from talking, but you crossing the street, people will literally stop their cars, let you cross the street. And yes, I know it's a law in Colorado in a lot of ways, but if there's usually not a walkway, if there's not like a yield sign saying to watch out, people don't usually stop. And we're talking from side with a sidewalk, people would actually wait and let us cross over. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then the stop signs, you know, like I didn't get there first, but the other guy was there, he would tell me to go. And it is kind of common on where I live in some sense, but not as common as I saw it out there. It was actually way more, a lot more politeness I saw. And I met several people, um, a lady named Judy, another lady named Jody, and then a guy named Luke who, you know, him and his brother have a thrift shop out there. I think it's called 323 or something uh, thrift. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but yeah, he was sharing his story, uh, where he is an ex Navy. So, you know, I thanked him for his service and, you know, and anytime you meet someone in the military, you thank them for the service. Even in, even if you don't understand what they went through, they need to know that you appreciate what they did. And he was mentioning about his brother had started working with eBay uh, and and started selling that way, and then he and his brother actually st- decided to work together, and they created their own thrift shop. That's called Three Two Three Marketplace. So if you guys are in Montrose or near Montrose or ever visit on Montrose, check out Three Two Three Marketplace, and you know it's a pretty decent thrift shop. I was actually really impressed with how much stuff they had and. Um, you know, a lot of thrift shops are usually kind of small, but you no, know, this is a good one. So if you're in town, if you're around there, or if you're looking for even furniture, cause they're starting to get furniture over there, check them out and support them and, and thank them for, uh, providing such opportunities like that. So, but yeah, it was really neat talking to him. And then, you know, I met a man named Ray who welcomed us, even though we weren't moved yet. Um, it was really nice. The people in the, a lot of the restaurants were really cool. And man, they have a lot of variety of food out there. It was really neat. Um, coffee, I found two of my favorite coffees now. Um, it's basically one guy actually home makes his coffee, which I thought was great. Um, it's, it's called Simran Coffee Shop, I believe. So let me look it up real quick. Sim, spelling that absolutely wrong. Can't believe that. So, it's called, nope, that is not right, oops, Simran Coffee, why did they give me that? So anyway, um, he supposedly makes his own coffee there, which when we went inside, it was really cool, there was a coffee press, or coffee machine there, roaster, and I was just like, oh, that's really cool, and so we tried their coffee, amazing really really good coffee and if you're in town 
you ever visit that area, it's called Cimarron Coffee Roasters. Worth it. It doesn't stay open very late. Usually closes around 3. But man, if you want good coffee, it's so good. I even didn't get a stomach ache from it because a lot of times, like Starbucks coffee or any coffee that you get at the store, usually I get stomach aches from it at, at some point. This one did not. Loved it. Very good. And then the other coffee shop, which we thought was actually pretty decent too. I mean, like it's them two are like one and one in a lot of ways for me. But it's called the Coffee Trader. And it's on Main Street. Um, the other one's a little bit off Main Street. But, man, if you're out there, you could also try this. The Coffee Trader and Simmerin Coffee. If you try either one of those, amazing coffee. Um, I did not know that Simmerin was closed on Sundays when, when we were going to leave. Because I was going to go get a bag of coffee. So I wasn't able to get it. But I did get a bag of the Coffee Trader coffee. And it was worth it. So good. But, yeah, so the coffee, I'm happy. <laughs> Because coffee is one of my favorite things to drink. And then two, I would say um, the food is excellent out there. And then three, just hearing people's hearts about the town and what they love about it and how they cared about it. My wife and I would walk around and we'd just say, you know, I, we just feel like this is where we're supposed to be. And even when we're leaving, you know, my wife even mentioned, she goes, I wish we weren't leaving. I wish we were moving here because I'm ready to be here. And I said, yeah, me too. And... Now we just gotta wait. It's a, the patient game now. We need to exempt uh, status before I can actually technically use the money because I realized that to get pastoral housing or whatever that's going to be, you need to be exempt anyway. So regardless, I still need to kind of wait for whenever the IRS gives me it. So it's something you could pray about for us. You know, it'd be great if they do it sooner. But overall, God keeps telling my wife and me be patient so that's what we're doing we're just being patient and you know of course we still have a few things to do here medically so technically in my opinion it's like we can't necessarily rush but I also don't want it to be six months down the road either so I don't want to be trying to travel out there when the snows are starting to come because it's very dangerous in the mountains and we don't have chains and two you know it, it would be better to be there when the weather's still nice when you can still do things and I, and I kind of want to be around that time and then the other thing too that you could pray for is um you know i i don't get new cars or new vehicles usually they're used <coughs> but i will need a truck i prefer a truck but i will need a truck you know i have the type of truck i would like to have and if i had the money i'd get it but at the same time, I know it's whatever God knows I need, and he will provide that. But if you want to pray for that, pray for that. I probably won't be getting it right away, but it will be really neat to get it in the near future. Um, we're planning on probably keeping this car for now, just in case we have to travel somewhere, um, because it's better mileage than the truck does. But I want to use a truck just in case I start doing projects that I need, you know, more wood or I need more supplies and, and having a small car doesn't work. And that would be awesome. So that's something to pray for. The other thing you guys can pray for is that we can get buy a house. Um, I don't, I really, I really am tired of renting. I want my own home. I want to be able to, you know, provide my own housing capability and paint whatever I want, put whatever I want on the wall. 
do what we want to do in the house, expand the house when we want to expand it. You know, I want, I would like to have decent property. You know, my dream would be to have like a lot more property than I could imagine right now. But even just three acres would be awesome. Because um, one of the things I want to do is put archery uh, set up on it and also have a fire pit. And actually, I, my other dream is going to be more costly and it's, it's going to take time before we could do that. But build a barn that's actually a place where people can hang. Because I would like to have youth group be able to come out there, young adults, you know, if, uh, having Bible studies out there. But also, if people want to have like a wedding party, they can actually do it out there and make like a nice setup garden around it so that way people can take pictures and stuff so it's not going to just be dirt <laughs> so we do have some dreams and thoughts that we would like to see but it's really going to be all about god you know what he's going to provide what he's going to do but you could pray for it um those are the two main things you know the house specifically first um and then a truck eventually that were the two major things i would like to have um but it's all in this timing i'm 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 gonna, I've been learning a lot about being patient and waiting for affirmation of what he wants to do and how he's going to provide. So getting this money, you know, from the foundation, affirmation, because I, like I told you guys, we didn't have anything. <laughs> like I, I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know how you're going to start a church out of nothing. And he said, well, you got to trust me. And he did do something out of nothing. So God does speak to us. And we feel that Montrose is where we're supposed to go. And it's going to be exciting. And, and God's kind of starting to bring kind of people into our lives. Um, like my man Luke. I'm looking forward to getting to know him. Um, and I'm excited. And oh, and another cool thing, you know, shout out to Ashley McWilliams, who is the bank lady that I got connected to for the church. Um, awesome lady. We got to meet her and everything in person, which was really cool. And that bank is really cool looking in the inside. And so it was really neat to kind of see a face to the to the voice and to the emails. Um, and that was a cool experience. So I'm not sure what else to share with you guys. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful town. Um, mountains basically all around you. Um, one side, it's like the Rocky Mountains that you see in movies, and the other side, it's kind of like looking at an old Western movie, you know, that type of mountains, and it's just really neat. Farmers everywhere around. Um, the people were, you could tell some people were farmers, some people, oh, the other cool thing is um, someone mentioned that a lot of retired military come there, and they bring their families. So if you're a family and you're looking for a nice small town atmosphere with everything that you need, Montrose, guys any of you guys if you if you've been thinking about moving I, I i i will ask you to pray about it because if you feel like you want to be part of this ministry you know i am looking for people to help me build on this ministry and if you understand that you know from all my podcasts about men you know i'm i'm not a typical church i'm not i'm not doing something strange or anything it's all biblical it's a biblical church we're going to be non-denominational and we're going to be building disciples and literally not just saying it but the idea of building disciples is you know I got to start it in some ways but I want to build up men in our church that are also discipling it's not just me telling everybody what to do because that's the thing it's the pastor's job is to train and teach but it's not to train and teach everybody the goal is that 
if you're a disciple of Christ, okay, you should be reaching out and discipling other people. That I mean, that's just the main gist of discipling. And so, you know, that's kind of what, you know, what the design is kind of going to be going to be based on. And we've got to build that atmosphere. And that includes leadership and even members. You know, I don't want seat warmers. I want people who be willing, you know, hey, you know, you know, I had a busy week. I'll help you for a couple hours working on so-and-so's fencing. Or, you know, hey, let's clean up this yard and put a garden in for somebody. You know, like, like there's so many things we can do that shows a little love of Christ and doing the little thing, but it's of things like helping a lady get her groceries. Um, help, you know, someone's wife just died and he's having a hard time to get around that person. And we let them know, hey, you're loved. Jesus loves you. And, you know, provide and help them through it. Like we should be as a church body impacting people. And then the other main thing is getting involved in the city. Meet people to get involved in the city. You need to be part of boards, school boards, whatever, and have an impact. Now, now the thing is, I won't be able to do everything. That's why it's very important to have a church body that's willing to do that. And it will take time and work, but it'll be worth it. So I want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope the first half is, you know, something that you've been thinking about or wondering about. I know God does speak to us. He does answer prayers. Um, and he does show himself true when we need it. But you got to remember, he doesn't necessarily answer the way we want. He answers based on his will for you. And if you love and trust him, then he's answering the best for you. I understand that. Well, let's pray real quick. Dear Holy Father, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being a judge. Thank you for being a loving God who understands what we go through, but at the same time wants us to be obedient and trusting in you. Help us to be more of that. If we're sinning, stop us from sinning, Lord. You know, provide a way for us to get on the right track with you. If we're questioning you, Lord, give affirmation to show that what your promises are, are true. It's okay to test the spirits because sometimes we think something is from you, but it may not be because, you know, the enemy wants us to fall away from you, wants us to think negative things about you. And if they can make you believe other things, they'll do it. So I pray, Lord, that you help us to see truth, help us to have discernment, use your Holy Spirit to move these men, move me, move people that are listening to this, whether they're women too, transform their hearts, show them how much you have a plan for them, a purpose for them, and that all they have to do is just trust you and allow you to move in their hearts and their minds and their spirits and, and be used by you. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.